What's going on, Trophy Kids? It is the NFL Week 5 podcast. It is a good one. As always, we were breaking down every single game, talking about how we would attack the betting boards, and giving out some of the picks we like and are betting this week. So this is a good one. Let's go. Welcome to Trophy Kids presented by Bad News Media. It is October 7th and we are back. NFL Week 5 is here and whew, season's already starting to blow by, it feels like. We got oh, our yes. got our first winning week, though, where I didn't get my absolute teeth kicked in. Nice 7-2 in college. Nice 4-1 in the NFL. Great swing for the, uh, the old wallet uh, this past weekend, to say the least. The board this weekend, though, I was looking through it. I'm not... Not loving it as much. I, it was a little harder, harder to dig through and find some uh, some bets worth uh, my money this week. Yeah, I mean, there's some. As we'll get into it, there's some big spreads here, and that gets a little worrisome in the NFL because, like, when you think about it, like the NFL, I mean, like 14 losing by 14, that's kind of a blowout. That's not really a close NFL game. Oh yeah, I have to make sure that I bet. Like I look at because we do both the college and NFL. I have to look and research on separate days because if I switch yeah. from one to the other, I'm like, oh, pff, fuck, fourteen. What are we yeah. talking about? But <laughs> brain, it's a yeah, much it's different not. switch. Yeah, I can't keep them organized in the same slot. Um, we are recording this on Thursday, so we won't really talk much about the Colts Broncos game. I did take the under. What an absolute! The schedulers for the NFL just hate us. These primetime games absolutely stink. <laughs> yeah, they're. Terrible. Um, and like I said, we said it last week, they're shoving Russell Wilson down our throats that we get him here Thursday. I believe we, I'm pretty sure we get him the next Monday. Mm-hmm. And then do you all play him in London? Uh, that's a good question. I don't remember who we play I in London. Might. I believe you. there's a chance that you all play him in London as well. So they're just really just shoving Russell down our throats here. And, you know, he's just not playing well. He's not looking comfortable in the offense. He's very meh on the field in this game. He's very meh. And, you know, they got no Jonathan Taylor in the game either. I'd probably pick the Broncos, but ah, this game is just terrible. Just absolutely garbage. Um, and we'll talk about his Seahawks team, his former team here in a little bit. But, I mean, Russ may have been holding back peak Pete Carroll's with the vibe I'm starting to get now. Maybe Russ was the problem and not so much old Petey, who we've been ragging on him for years for. Because Gino is looking like the reincarnation from his West Virginia days all of a sudden with what he's been doing the last couple of weeks. It's crazy what Gino's been doing. Like, I mean, and we've been rooting for him, but he's completing close to like 80% of his passes. And this doesn't mean anything. He's PFF's number one quarterback. He's obviously not the number one quarterback in the NFL. But, yeah, I mean, he's playing great. And just, didn't expect it at all. No, not in the slightest. Um, let's start, though. First game off the board. It is the London game. The Londoners are finally getting our, our friends across the pond are going to finally get to see greatness on the field. Not in the two teams, but in the one quarterback. Aaron Rodgers making his Lunday debut. Green Bay Packers versus the Giants. One of those big spreads. Eight is the line right now. It has been moving around. So depending on what what shop you're looking at, you could be getting a little bit of a different number. We're going off FanDuel today, over under 41 and a half. They're going to get to see greatness in Aaron Rodgers, which is nice, but this game is rough to say the least. How are you feeling about this one? Never a good sign when you're calling in Jake Fromm for an open tryout uh, the week before you head to London. (laughs) Yeah, not good. Not looking good for the G-men here. And the Packers, I think they're a good team, but they're, they're, they're a strange team. They're still kind of figuring things out there. But, yep, the folks in London, they finally get a nice legend out there. Um, so that'll be good. They finally got a pretty good, fun game yeah. last week. I'm loving these back-to-back London games, by the way. This is just fun. It's just <laughs> perfect. Um, I'm kind of leaning 
pack here. I don't love the number. It, it, it's kind of worrisome. It's something that maybe I would look to maybe tease with another game, but you know, just going off this game alone, I'd probably go with the pack and I'm kind of leaning towards that under as well, just because I, I don't see the Giants doing too much. I see it just being one of their typical, you know, heavy Saquon games. He's playing out of his mind this year, which is great to see. Um, but yeah, I, I'm just leaning pack and I'm leaning towards that under. And something we called for on this podcast, we said it in a preseason breakdown, we said it that they're going to run Saquon into the ground. It's either going to pay dividends for them or they're just not going to care because they can run him into the ground. His contract's up. It's not any skin off the new regime's back. But he's playing fantastic. This is a matchup nightmare. There is hints that Daniel Jones will be good to go, but he is dealing with a ankle sprain, so his mobility will be called into question. And why is that a nightmare? Packers right, Packers right now are generating the ninth highest pressure rate. The Giants are allowing the highest pressure rate currently in the NFL. That is an absolute recipe for disaster. Um, And the Packers struggling. That offense is still trying to find its mojo. Aaron Rodgers seems to be pushing the coaching staff a little bit more. Um, But this Giants defense, I think, is also being a little overhyped. So I'm with you. I think think we should also clarify we do have some new listeners to the show um, as we continue to grow our reach. We are going to talk about every game this week. We're not necessarily betting every single game. We will specify which games we're betting. We're simply going to go through the board and talk about how we might attack each game and then clarify any game we do have money on. I think, yeah, I would probably attack the Packers, put them into a nice teaser. There is, there's a couple nice teaser opportunities out there, and I'm oh, yeah. with you, as well as the under. I mean, primetime game, early, your internal clock, yes, they go out there early, but it's still a little bit off. I think this is sort of a come-down spot for, for the New York Giants. Seahawks, Saints. Our man Gino and Pete Carroll are absolutely flinging it around. Um, honestly, one of the major surprises of the season, to say the least. The numbers at five and a half. Saints are favored over under forty six and a half. That Giants or the Giants, that Lions or Seahawks game. I don't think I saw a single ounce of defense one time throughout that entire game. But damn, was it fun seeing them throw the ball around? Yeah, I mean it was fun watching them sling it. The Lions really let me down. I felt so confident about them being able to win that game going in four and a half. I was like. Five, give me it. They really let me down. Um, yeah, and the Seahawks, they, I mean, Gino can sling it when he has to. He has a good thing going with Lockett. I mean, DK is getting involved. They can run the ball. Rashad Penny can run the ball, but it's it just, you worry about them against, you know, the, the tougher defenses, in my opinion. Um, and then I do kind of worry about them going to somewhere like New Orleans. But you give me five and a half, I'll probably take the Seahawks here. I don't think New Orleans is a great team right now. They're not really well put together i would argue andy dalton he looked maybe more serviceable than Jameis in uh, london yeah <laughs> um, so that was, that was gonna be my follow-up question was uh do we ever see the return of Jameis? because the red yeah. rifle looked a little bit more uh efficient in that offense which yeah, isn't saying much more but... efficient looked more aggressive um so yeah i would stick with him but i think the saints win this game but i'll probably go with Seattle to at least cover that five and a half. If it goes to six, I feel real good about it. Yeah, I'm once again not seeing a problem there. Geno Smith has the highest on-target percentage right now in the NFL, which is incredible. Who would have thought in what year year 10 or whatever? I think the Seahawks, too, have the lowest drop rate in the NFL, too, so he's throwing a very catchable ball. It's A lot of things are going well for this team, Um, which, once again, begs the question, did Russ hold back peak Pete Carroll from us? Did Were we deprived of the Pete Carroll years because of Russell Wilson? <laughs> <laughs> Not a bad thought. 
Uh, yeah, I'm with you, though. Seahawks, I, I think I would attack that side. I like what they're doing. The Saints are just... I think we we very much underestimated just how good Sean Payton was as a head coach yeah. and took him yeah. for sort of advantage because it is very clear. In the name of continuity, they tried to keep this coaching staff together, but the offense is severely slacking. The defense hasn't been as potent the last as they have been the last couple of years. It's an interesting situation, to say the least. Uh, but yeah, I think I, I would be attacking the Seahawks as well. All right. A big one here. Pittsburgh Steelers, Buffalo. And a big one, I mean, by the spread. 14 is the spread. Over under 46 and a half. And man, do we now know why Kenny Pickett may have been riding the bench for a little while. <laughs> Not a good start to the season. How would you... I, I think I'm staying away from this game, but are you yeah. betting this? And if so, how would you be attacking it? And if not, you know, what are your thoughts here? Um, I'm probably not betting it. If I had to bet it, I would probably go more towards that total. And I'm kind of leaning towards the over. I know it's kind of up there, but I could see just Buffalo really just pummeling this team here, scoring at least mid to high 30s themselves. Um, Yeah, I I won't be betting it, but I would also probably take them to cover. But just this type of spread in the NFL is just something I very rarely get involved with. Yeah, no, I, I try to stay away from these. Maybe every once in a while throw them into a teaser to tease them down, but there's just, these are professionals at the end of the day, and it, it is tough to blow these games wide open. We see it from time to time, obviously. The Steelers are in a bit of a sort of disaster mode right now. Um, I feel bad for Mitch because Mitch got sort of the, I mean, let's face it, he's not going to be a, a starter in this league probably ever again outside of injuries. Um, but he got thrown into a situation that was not very good. Um, Pickens, I don't know exactly what's going on, but from all intents purposes, the body language on the sideline hates him. Um, and he's much <laughs> happy Kenny Pitt or Kenny's in the game. Um, so, and it's, it's tough. I would stay away from the, the bills. This feels like another game where it's kind of just, you know, start to work on things. I feel like they're going to throw some things out there to work on. It's not a, a marquee matchup, so we're not going to spend a ton of time on it. But, yeah, I'm just I'm staying away from this entirely. Bears-Vikes. Line is at 7.5, over under 43.5. This game is playing so many tricks on my brain because I just, like, blindly almost just attacked the Vikings. But then I'm like, man, the Vikings at some time just throw up some stinkers. There are some quarters in games where I just don't know what the offensive philosophy looks like. I don't know what's going on in Kirk's brain. It is Kirk Cousins, so, you know, take it with a grain of salt. But then you look at the Bears, and, whew, man, that team... They're trying to get Justin Fields killed. I'm utterly convinced at this point. That man is having a rough go of it. What do you make of this game, and how are you attacking this one? So I completely understand your thinking here, what you're thinking about the Vikings and everything. I'm pretty much in lockstep with you on that thinking too, but let's not try to like overthink it here. This is in Minnesota, 1 p.m. This Bears offense, they can't do anything, and (laughs) – I mean, in Minnesota, their offense, we've seen they, they are, you know, they're capable of doing things, especially at home during a nice day game. This is, this is a, this is Vikings 100% in my opinion. This is one of my more confident. I know I don't like the hook there, but I, I feel pretty confident that the Vikings at home, they're, they're going to stomp the Bears. It is one of the best home field advantages in professional yes. football, which, you know, 
much different from college. Home field advantage is a much bigger points to the point spread, but it does matter with the Vikings for sure. Justin Fields, I mean, when we talk about he's having a rough go of it, this man has the highest percentage of bad throws in the league. 26.6% of his throws are graded as bad throws. The drops are not helping either. He's seeing an extremely high rate of pressure, which once again, second highest in the NFL, only behind Daniel Jones. 35.4% of his dropbacks he sees pressure on. Just brutal. Um, you're right. Don't overthink it, game. That is what we're going here. That is what we're naming it. Um, yeah. Jacksonville Jags, Texans. Line is at seven over under 43 and a half. What a yeah. difference a coach makes. The Urban Meyer experience, which we called right out of the gates, was going to be an absolute dumpster fire. We have all the proof we needed, not only in how last season went, but just what the immediate impact of Doug Peterson has done for this Jacksonville team. Texans, I feel bad for because they are a gritty bunch, but it's just very apparent they don't have the horses on the field to get the job done. Do they have a shot to cover this seven number, though, against the Jacksonville Jaguars? That's the thing that's concerning. It's like, you know, we get it. The Texans are terrible, and the Jags are a different team, but do you trust them to cover a seven-point spread yet? Uh, I don't know if I do. I mean, they have – I mean, they have – they smoked the Colts, so they have this Mm -hmm. year. Um, that's kind of something that I would think back on though, is just what they did to the Colts. They could probably do that same thing to the Texans. So another game that I don't know if I'm going to actually bet on, I'd probably go with the Jags. Like you said, the Texans, it's just looking, it's looking real bad there. Um, Damian Pierce, the running back stud, they yes. have something there. He's explosive, strong. He, he's, he's going to be good. Um, but I'd probably take Jacksonville here, but it's another game that I'm like, eh, I don't know if I'm going to know if I'm gonna mess with it. I'm not taking it straight up on the spread, but the Jags are in a teaser bet that I have going this week and a nice six-point teaser, teasing them down to the one. If you have it at one and a half, you get it in, or seven and a half, you're obviously teasing it down to the one and a half line. Um, Pierce, I'm with you. We sort of hinted that his potential was there in the preseason because in college yeah. he was a force to be reckoned, reckoned with in the red zone. Big physical back. Would he translate to the NFL? He's doing way better than I had expected right off the bat. They do have potential there. But, yeah, I'm with you. I, I don't trust the Jags just quite yet to be taking against them as a seven-point favorite, even though it is against the Texans, who are, are sort of mm-hmm. lonely here. Um, some things fall the right way tonight on Thursday night. Jacksonville is looking at strong control of the AFC South. Who would have thought? <laughs> Who would have thunk heading into the season the Jacksonville Jaguars would be strongly in first potentially here? in week five of the NFL. Too funny. I mean, that division is its such a joke. On just an absolute joke. I, I don't yeah. know how that team, that whole division, and that maybe goes to a greater point. Like, yeah, I get it. Billionaires are smart dudes. They had great ideas. But the way some of these billionaires mismanage their teams, just look at the AFC South. None of them have a clue on how to run a football team. Like, they don't even know how to hire the right people to run it. Like, it's just like top down management. Like, what is going on? Same thing with your Washington Commanders. It's just oh, like, yeah. there are some times where I question our kind of looking up to these men who have made gums of money that we will never make in our entire lifetimes. But, man, do they not know how to run football teams. No clue. <laughs> no, that division, year after year, stinks. Terrible. Um, but as we highlighted, my favorite fact ever learning this offseason is that the Houston Texans are the best team in Texas since 2010. More winning seasons, more playoff appearances, and more playoff wins than the Dallas Cowboys. That's Fantastic. so funny. I love it. That's so funny. <laughs> it's the best stat ever. 
Um, all righty. Dolphins, Jets. This one is in New York. Line is at three. Over, under, 45 and a half. How are we feeling about this one? This is an interesting dynamic. Health concerns are obviously a big one here. Um, we will not be getting to a... Uh, for the Dolphins side, how are you attacking Rightly this so. game? Yeah, God, what a, what an utter Oof. disaster. Um, maybe the most accurate thing I saw was the tweet that said the Miami Dolphins medical staff would have cleared JFK to return to the parade. A little dark humor there, but <laughs> nailed it. Um, absolute disaster. How are yeah, we... that was a disaster, no doubt. <laughs> yeah. Um, how are we looking at this game? What are what are we doing here? I know it's. It's, it's tough to evaluate this game because, you know, it's Miami going all the way up to New York. Um, you know, they're coming off of what happened with Tua. But, you know, I, Teddy could come in and he can move the ball. He can get the ball into those playmakers' hands, in my opinion. So I'm leaning towards Miami here to bounce back. We saw the Jets last week. Zach Wilson, he makes some great throws, but then he makes just, just some just not very good decisions, just poor throws, and he doesn't always have the best help. Um, so I'm going Miami here, minus three. I, I don't love it with them traveling up there, but I feel okay about it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, two gloves covers. Teddy two gloves covers a lot in the NFL. Um, yeah. I think this Jets defense is bad. I, I don't think this is a very good Jets defense. Even with Tua out, Miami and their coaching staff um, clearly has the upper hand from a scheme standpoint, an offensive standpoint. I'm with you. I would not. I would be fading the Jets at this point. I'd be buying into the Dolphins, even with Teddy Two Gloves out there. He can go out and be a very ser- serviceable quarterback, um, mm-hmm. and I think that it's just fine um, at that number. Falcons, Bucks, arguably another surprise of the season. We're going to talk about my Bucks too, but the Falcons have been a, a surprise of the season. Arthur Smith should be getting. Some attention for Coach of the Year, I believe. And then we have my Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who just laid an absolute mm-hmm. goose egg against the Chiefs. Utter disaster, um, to say the least. Now we have Tom going through a potential divorce, as we hear the rumors that he is hiring a divorce lawyer. The man is married to the game of football, officially. The first player ever that might be married to the game of football. Truly. Um, but this defense for the Bucks, while it had been premiered as one of the best defenses in the league, rightfully so. It did have some holes, and the Chiefs took advantage of all of those. Um, yeah. What we saw is if the Bucks have an inability to get pressure, this defense can fall apart very quickly, and the Chiefs just handled their shit up front. That offense line absolutely handled the Bucs. Um, could not get pressure. Patrick Mahomes was doing Patrick Mahomes thing. Abject failure. But we got out of the first four weeks healthy-ish. There are some concerns about Tom Brady, but he says he's good to go. How do you look at this Atlanta Falcons game, Bucks? Where are you at here with this number? Well, first thing I'll say about like your Bucks and their defense is I do think a quarterback like Marcus Mariota is a perfect matchup for them. Um, yeah. Just someone like he's not great at you know throwing the ball all over their defense, but someone that you know the Bucks can use their athleticism to chase down stuff like that. Um, but I do think this spread is pretty large. Um, I simply do not trust that offense over there to cover a 10 point spread yet. I think you definitely get the win, 
but I, I don't trust them yet to cover 10. So I'll have to go with Falcons plus 10. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I made this game somewhere around like eight and a half ish. Um, seven and a half would have been good, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, the Falcons have been really fun to watch offensively. Arthur Smith has been very creative. I know fantasy players are ruining Arthur Smith's demise because of the way he's been using Kyle Pitts, but some of that is certainly on Arthur Smith and the offensive de- design. Some of it's also Kyle Pitts struggling to get separation. If you watch the games, there yeah. are times where he is struggling to get separation right now. So it's not entirely just the offensive scheme and, and kind of not getting him his opportunities. But this is a team, Marcus Mariota comes into this. I agree. I think the Bucks defense can kind of handle him with relative ease, but he has been performing very well in the system, mostly because he knows the system as a fire truck just goes blazing by my window. Um, sorry to the listeners if you're getting there. Hope that person's okay. Um, but yeah, I'm with you. I think this number is just a little too big for my Bucks. I haven't seen enough offensive consistency yet. I haven't seen the rhythm yeah. that we're used to yet. Um, there are questions about focus. Answers. We'll start to get some answers here. But for a Falcons team that is has been surprisingly very well coached this season and playing at a high level. All right, Pats Lions. Man, did the Pats coaching crew that brain trust over there just absolutely screw that one up in uh, Green Bay last week? Line is at three and a half. Over under forty five and a half. Into the Detroit Lions, I would say uh, maybe we want to do less jarring between the offense and defensive coordinators and more coaching because that defense can't stop a nosebleed. And anybody who watched Hard Knocks knows exactly what I'm talking about. We saw very little coaching from the defensive coordinator there, more jarring with the offensive coordinator, and it is that is an abject failure. There is no defense being played in Detroit. Yeah, I mean, Deuce Daly could talk all he wants. The offense is great. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The defense is horrible over there. And like I said about the past coaching staff, they just weren't playing the win last week, in my nope. opinion at all. It was so it was so annoying to watch. I, I mean, let him throw the ball. When he yeah. did throw the ball, it was fine. Yeah. So, yeah, Keep let him throw the ball, especially in those, yeah, those downs where you, we, you need to throw the ball. It's like third and six, and you're handing it off to Ramondre Stevenson for two yards. It's just, that, that's not going to do it. Um, nope. But then, you know – it's like can I can I trust the Lions to go up to to go over to New England, and you know I know they can put up the points, but yeah, I hate it. I don't know. I I don't really spread kills me here. I do like the over though. I like the over probably depending on weather, obviously. But if you had to put a gun to my head, I I'd probably take the Lions, but I don't like it. Yeah. No. I mean it's it's not great to say the least. Um, <laughs> yeah. I don't really know how – I mean, Dan Campbell's in a tough spot um, because at this point the defense has to start performing. It is one of the worst rushing defenses in the league. Adrian Hutchinson has been not as advertised at this point, which there were some concerns around his ceiling and whether or not he really kind of had more opportunity to grow. Now it's still very early in the young man's career, so I'm not going to get too crazy with it, but he has been struggling. That is that is a fair assumption with the whole defense. Um, so I'm with you. I, I think for a team that has been struggling in all facets of the game, the, the, the Patriots should be able to take advantage of that um, and be able to run the ball against this team and the offense. Who would have thought in 2022 Jared Goff would be leading an offense like this? I mean, my God, this team is firing in all cylinders. He's flinging it. I mean, he didn't, he didn't even have his number one guy last week. No, it's impressive. I, I just... <laughs> This is a weird year to start, to say the least. Some of the quarterbacks that are out there slinging it, it's just, it's an odd year. <laughs> it is. It really is. Um, all right. Let's get into another one. 
Let's talk about your Washington Commanders. They're playing the Tennessee Titans, bringing them into town. Washington Commanders plus two and a half over under 42 and a half. Where are you at, bud? Are we just <laughs> are we just dready tuning in every week at this point? Just it's it's getting bad. It's getting it's looked pretty ugly these last few weeks after a great start. Um, yeah, I'm I'm kind of surprised by this spread to be honest with you. Um, I think this this is one of my locks. I'd say you got to go with the Titans here. We we I know that their defense is it's real weak. Um, and both I'm talking Titans defense. Yep. That's hard to. Hard to know which one I'm talking about. But, um, <laughs> Very true. Yeah, Titans defense is real poor. So maybe maybe Carson could have somewhat of a bounce back. But I mean, the tape is really out on him at this point. You just need to pressure the hell out of him, and he's just gonna just forget how to play the position. Um, and the offensive line doesn't help at all. It's beat up. Um, Ron Rivera came in and took a strength in the offensive line, just destroyed it. Um, I really don't see how this team is any better from the team that he took over. I would say Ron is. Probably his seat is probably starting to get a little hot, and I hope it starts to get real hot. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's fair. So, I, I'm thinking Titans. Derrick Henry is starting to roll a little bit. Um, they're going to feed the feed the hell out of them. The only chance Washington has is if somehow they come out to some 14-0 lead, and we kind of take Henry out of the game and force Tannehill to throw the ball. Um, but still, I'm not feeling too confident here, so I, I'm taking the Titans two and a half for sure. Yeah, this is this is an interesting line when I saw it post. Um, rumors are that there might start to be a mutiny on the commander's defense. Jack Del Rio is certainly not the most favorite person in that locker room, especially on the defensive side in which he coaches. Seems to be a bit of a problem. Um, as well as we do know what Carson Wentz is at this point. The moment he starts to get pressure, his brain goes completely noodle, um, which begs the question, do we throw Sam Howell to the Wolves at this point? Or do we just keep him on the bench and protect him from what is an abject failure in an organization that can't even run a stadium right, never mind run a football team right at this point in time. So there are people that are starting, of course, that train is starting. I personally think if you want to make a quarterback change, I think first you have to go to Taylor. Just, I think out of respect for like the players on the team that, you know, I think he gives you your better chance of winning right now. However, if this thing gets, yeah, if this thing gets to a two and nine, throw Sam Howell out there. I don't, I don't care at all, but I, I think, I think, you know, even if we go one and four, you statistically can still very much make the playoffs. So if you want to make that change to be fair to the players and not have everyone revolt, I think you got to go with Taylor. But like I said, if, hey, if it gets real bad, throw Sam out there. Why not? Yeah, I'm with you. I, I agree. I think Taylor definitely gives the better opportunity at this point in time. Um, I think he also energizes that team a little bit better than what Carson yeah. Wentz is, is currently doing. Um, but you do have Sam Howell on the bench, a prospect that at some point you'll have to evaluate. It will be interesting to see how they handle that situation, especially with a coaching staff that I would have to imagine is feeling some form of pressure. But then again, this is a Dan Snyder-run football team, so who the hell knows? <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm with you. I'm riding Titans on this. I did bet them already, um, and I've taken them um, at this point. Alrighty, Chargers Browns lines at two and a half again over under forty seven and a half. How are you attacking this game, and what are you liking here? Um, this is a tough one for me because this strikes me as a game where it's like you know the Chargers are the better football team, but you could really see them going over to Cleveland and kind of laying an egg, um, especially if Cleveland's able to get their run game going. Chargers are dealing with injuries everywhere as always. Um, so while I I, I kind of do like 
the Chargers here, I, I, I think I might go, this is kind of wild, I might go Cleveland Moneyline, believe it or not. I, I just like them better at home here. I don't hate it, especially with how this offensive line for the Chargers is trending. It is, it's a banged up and rough looking group. There's a lot of opportunity here for the Chargers to, or for the Browns to apply pressure to Justin Herbert and start to get him out of his comfort zone. Those ribs are still very, very sore. Um, so we'll see if, if they're able to get home a lot on him, what that looks like. Ward is also stepping up big time in the secondary for the Browns. He's becoming a very good um, corner piece there. And then the Brown, the Chargers defense also looking banged up. Without Bosa out there, there's yeah. not much of a pass rush. They do have, they are susceptible to a strong run game. And if you are paying attention to the Browns, which you know it's not always the most exhilarating football to run or watch because it is heavy run game, but it's a very effective and efficient run game. They do a lot of things from a blocking scheme that really opens it up for Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. So this is something. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I think. If you're going to attack this game, the Browns are definitely worth a look here because the Chargers, just they're just not healthy enough. And to make that travel out to the Midwest, 1 o'clock game, that offensive line is really concerning at this point in time. Um, yeah, that's a tough matchup. All right, I don't have a lot on this next game. 49ers-Panthers. Outside of Matt Rule is an absolute Boom. We say it every week, and I'm going to drive home the point. I am so tired. This is another critique against billionaires and the way they run their football teams. Stop hiring college football coaches. They do not work in the NFL, especially guys whose biggest attribute is culture building. The building of a culture in the uh, college world versus the NFL world are complete opposites. Day and night, hot and cold. Every adjective you could throw out in your example is exactly what that is. Matt Rule is a bum. Go back to college. Be a good college football coach there. This offense stinks. This team stinks. It definitely doesn't have anything to do with the fact that I bet they're over in the futures market this season. I hate this Panthers team. <laughs> yeah, they're terrible. They're not going to cover this. The Niners defense is really good. Yeah. Really, really yeah. good. Um, so the Niners are going to cover, and if this, this, this to me is this is, might be my same game, same game parlay. That's a that's a cover and an under in my opinion. This offense is pitiful, and I honestly I feel bad for Baker because I've been a Baker defender. That is not where I'm going on this one. We know what Baker is at this point. If you give him a good offensive scheme that he can feel comfortable in in a decent run game. He is a good quarterback that can go out and win you games. He's not winning you probably a Super Bowl, but he can win you games. When you do what the Carolina Panthers are doing, which is creating a system that he is clearly not comfortable in, not using a lot of two tight end sets, not using a lot of pre-snap motion, not establishing a good run game, he is terrible. You are doing nothing to try to support your quarterback whatsoever at this point in time, and that is because the Panthers simply tried to take a shortcut. They never really tried to build this thing from the ground up. They kept getting quarterbacks that were like mingling in the league, kind of that mid-range to bottom tier guys just to save Matt Rule's job year after year, and this is the product you get. It's terrible. Now onto the 49ers. Defense is great like you said, and correct me if I'm wrong, but Jimmy G started to look a little bit more comfortable last week, and we have told you what he is. Once again, not the best quarterback, but when he feels comfortable in that Kyle Shanahan offense, that team wins football games, plain and simple. We saw him being super uncomfortable in that first start. There's a lot that went into that, mainly his inability to get first-team snaps. He was kind of isolated on the team. Now that he's getting first-team snaps, he's getting back into the playbook. He's starting to look a little bit more comfortable. Does that make this 49ers team long-term dangerous for a playoff run in your opinion i i think it does i mean we always kind of doubt them preseason just because the rot they're not 
they're not really that, that flashy team. They don't really have that flashy offense. They have flashy players on offense, but it all comes down to Jimmy G, who's not really flashy at all. Um, but yeah, this team is definitely set for a playoff run, in my opinion. They'll get, you know, they'll get healthier, hopefully. Obviously, they'll lose players as as the season goes on. But you know, they'll get Trent Williams back in a few weeks. That'll be huge for that team. Um, so yeah, I think they're built for the playoffs. I never, never trust them though to ever be like a legit Super Bowl winning team. That's fair. I agree with that. All right, let's move on to the Battle of the Birds. Um, this is a game that I've, I have already hit a couple times this week um, in one of my favorite bets of the week. The line is 5.5. Eagles are favored heading into Arizona. Over-under is 48.5. What do you like in this game before I kind of break down and kind of give some of my uh, thoughts on this one here? Well, I, I want to say as much as this pains me to say, they're not not the best team in the league, but the Eagles are the most complete team in the NFL, in my opinion. Um, they really don't have very many holes or weaknesses on that team. They are they are legit. Um, so I like them to kind of go in there and smoke Carol. Uh, sorry, Carolina, the Cardinals. Um, I understand, you know, it is them going out west, so I, I kind of get where that's playing into the spread there. But I really like the spread for the Eagles to to really do some damage. I think that the Eagles defense will have, you know, Kyler pouting by the second quarter. So, which will be very bad for them because right now <laughs> the Arizona Cardinals have yet to score in the first quarter of a game. This is where my first bet lies. It is not my strongest bet, but it is my first bet. It is Eagles minus one and a half or minus a half a point. I apologize for the first half bet or first quarter bet jesus i'm missing mm -hmm. this up and then first half i do also have the eagles at minus three and a half um so changing it up a little bit i would also take them straight game as well this carolina or this cardinals team is we both did it <laughs> yeah <laughs> right away just the brain is messing up um we have we have highlighted this over the last couple years, and we have been very right about this. Pretty much everybody's been right on this trend. We know what Cliff Kingsbury is as a coach. He does not get stronger as the year goes on. The fact that they are struggling so much, and what I mean by that, they are literally dead last in points per half in the first half. They are averaging four points in the first half through four games right now. Philadelphia is the number one offense in the first half right now. You flip the sides, the exact opposite. The Cardinals are, well, not exact opposite, but same trend here. Cardinals are dead last in the most points allowed in the first half of games. So, this is a trend that I very much like to take advantage of. It's a trend that I am hitting already. It is going to be my bet of the week. Um... And I do not suspect this Cardinals team to get better. Now, take that with a grain of salt because they do get their most dangerous, deadly weapon out there in Hopkins back here in a couple weeks. Um, and that certainly has something to do with these struggles. But like I said, it is well documented through Cliff Kingsbury's career both in college and the NFL. He does not adjust well to once defenses pick up on what he's doing. Um, the offenses do not get better over time. Same with Kyle Murray. He does not seem to get better over time. Um, and I do think this is going to be a very nasty game for them because the Eagles are, like you said, put it perfectly, they are the most complete football team in the NFL right now. Now, I don't necessarily think they're going to win the Super Bowl, but at this moment in time, they are playing great football on both sides. This is also an offense, too, by the way. We did say it last week. I was dead on that the Jags were going to go out and try to mimic what the Bucks did when they played the Eagles last 
last year in the Super Bowl. That is exactly what they did, and you saw it immediately on Jalen Hurts' first pick. They kicked everybody out to the boundaries. He threw right to a crowded boundary, interception right away. The Eagles started to have more success as they tried to run the ball and attack the middle of the field. We'll see if defenses can go ahead and take advantage of that as the season progresses, but that'll be a wait and see. All right. Cowboys Rams lines at five and a half Rams are the favorite over under 43 and a half. Is this the game? We finally see the Cooper rush show get his first loss. Maybe, but I, I'm kind of surprised by this line just because the Rams offense, they can't do a thing. Matt Stafford, like we talked about earlier, like, you know, bizarre and like some quarterbacks are slinging it right now. And some that are not Matt Stafford is not, um, <laughs> So, yeah, um, and as we know already, yeah, as we know already, the Cowboys, they have a very strong L.A. following. I don't really think this is going to be much home field advantage at all for the Rams. Nope. Um, so I kind of I kind of like taking Dallas here. I know they kind of struggled to find things on offense, but of course, you know, they they had their get right game against Washington. So everything's fine. Um, so, yeah, I, I would go with I'd go with Dallas here plus five and a half. Matthew Stafford is currently 30th in intended air yards per pass attempt for quarterbacks over 60 attempts so far. Or sorry, 60 completions so far. It's bad. (laughs) Over 60 attempts as well. He has he has no second wide receiver right now. He's missing. He needs Van Jefferson back. I mean, and just Allen Robinson is not cutting it right now. It's Higby. I do not understand what's going on with the. I can't tell if it's Allen Robinson. I can't tell if it's Matthew Stafford and his inability to target him. I can't tell. I think it's a little bit mixture of everything. I mean, Allen Robinson is certainly on the back nine of his career. He's been a wildly underrated quarterback or wide receiver for a long time. Um, But the fact that he's not being able to be utilized is mind-boggling. The other problem the Rams are going to have here is that offensive line stinks. Now, yes, they're dealing with some injuries, but I don't know if people have noticed... Uh, the Cowboys are pretty good at rushing the quarterback, mainly Micah Parsons. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They're good. Yeah, pretty good. Um, and Matt Tra- Stafford can't move. <laughs> yeah, could be a bit of a problem. Now, the interior of that defensive line is not the best of the Cowboys, but they can mask that a little bit. They're a turnover machine. Yeah, I don't understand this. I think I would go. I don't love Cooper um, here in this spot necessarily, but once again, also the Rams defense. Man way underperforming. Jalen Ramsey looks washed up and old. I don't know yeah. what's happened, yeah, but my does. God, it's bad. Since like the Super Bowl. He yeah. didn't play well in the Super Bowl. It's it's rough. I don't know what's going on there. That might just be the end of his career that we're seeing here because it's it's tough. It, with corners, corners, it happens fast, man. Sometimes they're just done. That is true. That is very true. All right. Bengals, Ravens, lines at three and a half. It is in Baltimore, over under 47 and a half. This is an interesting game matchup because I feel like these two defenses are sort of built perfectly to just defend each other's offenses, but at the same time, these two offenses could just absolutely expose these two defenses. How do you see this one playing out? Yeah, I mean, I I know what you're saying because you know Baltimore's they have they have some names within that secondary to you know hopefully stop you know the the studs that the Bengals have on offense, and then Baltimore I mean it's just the Lamar Andrews show I mean it's just (laughs) it's ridiculous what they do over there, but just with Baltimore it's like every single game they have though to me at least it seems just so hectic and just like either it's a last minute win or a last minute loss. It's that's just like the Baltimore experience. 
And I think they're on like a five-game losing streak right now at home. So that's something to note. And Cincinnati is definitely starting to get it together here. They don't appear to maybe be like a one-year wonder. Like, I think that they're going to be just fine. Um, part of me really wants to take them on the money line here, but I'm not feeling that confident. But three and a half, I feel pretty confident going with the Bengals there. It's funny because I think I could make the case that if it was in Cincinnati, you would flip the lines would almost be flipped. Like the Bengals would be yeah. three and a half point favorite here. Um, your crazy stat of the week here: the Ravens have trailed for only fourteen seconds so far this season. They are two and two. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! That sucks. Unreal. Um, but here's what I mean by that defensive matchup that I think can happen. You know, the Ravens last year, they just didn't have the guys, the dudes in the secondary to compete with this Bengals team. This year, they're a little bit healthier. They can play a too high shell look, which we've seen the Bengals struggle with. In the games that they have struggled offensively, that is the look that has been rolled out against them. Even though they knew that was coming, they said they prepared for it all offseason. Zach Taylor is an idiot, so that doesn't usually go very well. Um, and then on the other side, Defensive coordinator Lou for the Bengals has been absolutely fantastic. The adjustments he has made game to game, half to half, have been brilliant. And the Bengals that or they showed last year that they are simply going to contain Lamar and make him be a pocket passer. Um, that's what they did last year. That's what I'm assuming they're going to do this year. They've added to that defense um, to try to compete against the Ravens a.k.a. drafting Dax Hill, um, who adds a piece to add kind of that third safety um, into the piece. Um, so it's a very interesting... It will depend on how these defenses roll out because I do think these these defenses are built to sort of stop each other's offenses, which is very interesting, but they also have a high volatility factor in here because these are two offenses that I can see also. Like, it's... This is either they're going to be under by a mile or over by just so yeah. many points <laughs> like there's just yeah. i don't think this number is going to come close so i lean a little bit under unfortunately which i hate i'm not taking it i'm probably going to go with you on the the plus three and a half there um but from a total standpoint this game feels like it has a lot of variation to it yep chiefs raiders monday night line is seven and a half over under 51 and a half the last game of the week and my god are the chiefs just andy reed and patrick mahomes The way they just year after year adjust to whatever the NFL throws at them defensively is honestly incredible. Lose Tyreek Hill, your most explosive player in all football probably, no problem. We're still just going to roll right on, adjust the offense a little bit, and we're going to be just fine and off and running. It's incredible what we're seeing there. It's crazy to me because I just constantly like watch a sputtering offense, and I just look at Andy Reid who just adjusts. It doesn't matter. I mean, it it helps that he has an absolute stud at quarterback, but it it is – it's crazy. I, I don't know how he does it. Um, in terms of this game, this is a tough one because you feel really confident that the Chiefs are going to win, and you know the Chiefs can win by, you know, they could win by double digits here. Um, but the Raiders, they've been, while they're only one and three, they've been in every game. They haven't lost by more than, I think, five or six all year. So with the hook, I'd probably go Vegas, but I, I, I really hate this game. This, I mean, I don't generally tease Monday night games, but oof, I don't know. I might have to. Yep. So the Chiefs are kind of the final piece to a three team teaser I got going on um, right now, which you should have been able to pick up on throughout this podcast. Because I'm with you. I don't like the Chiefs. Clearly, could blow this game out of the water. The Raiders are struggling. Josh Jacobs, though, is a man fighting for life in the NFL. Yeah. It is wildly impressive what he is doing. Um, mm-hmm. 
but there's just something about this Raiders team. It just it doesn't feel like it's clicking. Um, obviously, you can look at their win-loss record. It's not there. But when you look at the product in the field, it's just not clicking yet. This is a game where they could get really exposed. And this is everybody's going to be like, wow, great advice here, Nate. Or it could be really, really close. So this is why I do think the Chiefs are going to win this game. It's why they are in my three-team teaser. Um, so that is with Jacksonville and the Packers um, is who I'm teasing these that's kind of my three-game teaser right there. Um, and the Vikings, if you want to make it a four-game teaser, which I also have out there, um, which gives you a nice little number. Um, you're teasing Packers down to two, Vikings down to one and a half, Jags down to one and a half, and the Chiefs down to one and a half. Not a bad little four-team teaser out there for you folks. Um, but that's how I'm going to play Not this bad. game and attack this game. Um, and those really, I, I've kept it pretty light right now. I don't love the board. You know, outside of the, the Eagles bet, um, which I have the first quarter and first half in that teaser. I might add the Bengals. I'm going to add a couple. So make sure you're following at Trivy Kids Pod on social to get all the extra bets we add on. But it's it's a tough board this week. I'm, I'm not in love with it. Yeah, I mean, it's a tough board. Something that just come to my mind. I mean, I like Cowboys. I like the Eagles. I like the Niners. I like the Titans. Niners are a good one. I'm throwing that kinda, out there. That's, that's yeah. I kind of forget. I, I am going to bet that game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah they, they, those are all jumping out at me a little bit i like that I, I feel like that's a good week for us there um anything else before we uh wrap this up that's about it perfect that'll do and as always peace <laughs>